Nerd Podcast, Episode 97, Podcast Kill the Radio Star. Welcome to episode 97, Hot 97, coming straight at you, the Not Nerd Podcast. I'm Nate Heath, and I'm here with Mr. Dave Baylor. Yes, it's Mr. Dave Baylor for your weekend drive. Why do weather all those, traffic, traffic and weather. Why do all those guys uh, talk like that? I, I used to actually work in radio. I don't know if you knew oh. this, but the guy I used to work with, I'll sh- a shout out, Dave Lamb. Oh, hey, yeah, Dave. Back in Kansas, he's probably listening. He'd talk about the pukey guys, but I... He kind of talked like that sometimes. He yeah. would get into the pukey guys. The morning show. Yeah. Huh. It's so weird. I don't know. It's something about headphones and microphones that makes you want to speak lower yes. and to puke your voice. So anyway, here, welcome again to the uh, radio broadcast hour <laughs> with Nate and Dave. We're going to talk all about broadcast radio and how you can do it better. <laughs> You can do it by not turning it on and listening to podcasts. There you go. Yeah, not every podcast. We're here to help you tech better. We've got a bunch of great stories to discuss from the past week and beyond. Uh, so let's get right into it. Um, one item I wanted to bring up at the beginning. You actually had mentioned it, and I know our buddy Todd from the Mark and, Radio. Todd, Mark and Todd cast are going. The Portland Retro uh, Gaming Expo next weekend, so the 22nd through the 24th. I want to go there. I want to go to there. Yeah, I'm, I'm seriously considering going on Saturday, hopefully. It's not cheap, but it looks pretty amazing. I mean, this is hundreds of classic consoles to play. Uh, John Hardy, the co-founder of the National Video Game Museum, is going to be there. Wow. Um, I just think there'd be a lot of really cool video game stuff from my childhood there to go see. Maybe we should go do that. I'm wondering. Uh, Todd's going to be there selling his notebooks. Yeah, he mentioned that. I can't can't plan on it. I have a family. I have a wife. I have bills. I do too. Yeah, you don't have any kids. Wait. (laughs) Wait, Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, what else? Bills? Do you have those? Nope. All right. Well, you're better than me then. Yeah. What? Ben Heck's going to be there? I like that guy. If you guys have not listened to the Ben Heck video podcast on YouTube, the Ben Heck show, yeah, that guy is amazing. He can solder and repair like anything. Nice. He tears apart stuff and like rebuilds it and hacks a bunch of stuff. Anyway. Uh, anyway. So yeah, the, if you're in Portland, the Retro Gaming Expo... Um, Friday, it's only the Retrocade Arcade is on Friday, Saturday. Uh, all the exhibits and the booths are open. And then there's Sunday as well. And you can get the family weekend package. You get five weekend passes for the price of four for just $140. Yowza. Um, five, like five people? Oh, this ages 10 and under, you get two free admissions with each paid Adult admission. So if you have some kids under 10 that you want to educate on the history of video games. What if you have a daughter that is the height of a 10-year-old child? There you go. Could you maybe like... I don't think she's going to pass for 10. Mm. Uh, But yeah, Retro Gaming Expo. I love old video game. Well, we both do. You collect a lot of them. I've got some old gaming systems. and Yeah, I'm adding to my resume... Retro game enthusiast. Yes. Not, not, I do some collecting, but I'm an enthusiast. I yeah. don't, you know, I don't it's have. It's true. We went to the OMSI exhibit they had. Yeah. Uh, one was about a year ago, and they mm-hmm. had a ton of historic video game stuff through the ages, and that was a lot of fun. So I'm sure this, they've been doing it since 2006. Uh, so I'm sure they've got put on a good show there. Uh, so you can find more about that. We'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah. Some follow-up. We talked a lot about cord cutting just about every episode, it seems like, because it is a major uh, transition that we're kind of going through. Mm-hmm. But there is – so Disney has their Movies Anywhere service. Yeah. And somehow I heard about this this last week, and I was like, how are they doing this? They have worked it out with other movie studios – and different services, so iTunes, Amazon, Hulu, that if you purchase the movie at one place, you can watch it at all the places. 
It's like a digital video locker. Yes. So I think it's crazy, especially that they got Apple to agree to this and iTunes because one of the reasons people buy Apple TVs, one of the main things you can't do on anything else is play all your movies that you've bought in iTunes. Well, with this... Now you buy a Roku for 35 bucks, Yeah, or an Amazon Fire Stick or whatever you want, and there's no reason to pay the high price for the Apple TV. You know what else is good about this is that... All the stuff is Amazon a player in this? Yeah, yeah. So all the stuff you bought on Amazon that you can't play natively on your Apple TV because there's no Amazon freaking video app on yeah. there, you could just download the Disney Anywhere app and play it there. It's the big, it's the great unifier. Yes. So if this all works out like it looks, it's going like it is going to, and everything's available there. This is a major piece that people have been looking for. So you don't just like we were talking about with the Microsoft music service last week, if you buy something somewhere and then it goes away, mm-hmm. where do you get it? Well, with this, if you buy it, it would actually kind of be Disney that says, yes, I purchased this, and then all the services would allow you to watch it. So I think that's pretty cool. That's uh, that's a yeah. big jump if this takes off and if it can move forward um, you know, for other services as well. I think it's going to be a good thing in the world of yeah. – uh, good thing for consumers. It is very consumer-friendly. Yes. Um, and also, Roku has a new free movies and TV channel. What's this one all about, Dave? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I remember putting this link in there, but <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> Roku is one of these boxes like your Amazon Fire Stick or your Apple TV and all this stuff. Well, they have their own channel that you can download – and it's got some content on there. It's not a lot of great stuff. Do you guys remember Sony's Crackle? Did oh, you ever yes. get the Crackle where you get like terrible free <laughs> yes. Sony movies that uh, they're just awful that nobody wants to watch anyway? Well, this is similar. There's a bunch of uh, stuff. They've got content from Lionsgate, MGM, Paramount, Sony Pictures, Warner Brothers, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just free content that's on there. And you better believe there's going to be some commercials or some type of ads associated with this. This is a way for a lot of uh, movie studios to sh- to earn money again on the back catalog stuff. It's like, hey, let's just give it away free with ads and they can earn a little income. So if you've got a Roku app, this channel's coming to a Roku Roku, Roku device near, near you. you. Yeah. Um, I do like that they say, to give you an idea of the type of content, Roku says that today you're able to stream Mission Impossible 3. Okay, we're on number 70. Beauty Shop. <laughs> okay, I don't know that one. Philadelphia. Oh, boy. A Tom Hanks film from Tom like Hanks. 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago. And Zookeeper. Never heard of it no so and hundreds of other titles so <laughs> those, when those are the four movies that they're able to pick out and say yeah hopefully maybe you've heard of one of these um but this is another thing where uh you know the roku devices are ver- very well reviewed and since they're not tied to a specific platform yeah they have a ton of options these channels that you can have a million and they're built into some tvs and stuff it's yeah. Um, they're pretty common devices. And people who have them love them. And by the way, if you have one and you want this channel, you're going to have to go out and add it. It's not going to be something that just automatically Uh, appears. So you have to go out and get this. But at least now you know it's there. Gotcha. Okay. So that's our cord-cutting news for the month. Um, So one of the things we brought up last week was market share of iOS and iOS 11 because usually it's pretty quick uh, as far as – how quickly people update their devices. So uh, this article, the latest data from, mm-hmm. um, it was October 12th. Yeah, so like four days ago. So a little under a month after it came out. it iOS 11 is now on more devices than iOS 10. Yeah, it's which amazing. Which is crazy to me. It's amazing. 47%, wait, what was this? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's reached... 47. 47%. But that's uh, that's not half. But but here's where the math is. Not all devices previously were on iOS 10. Yes. Some are still on 9. 6.67% are on older operating systems. Yes. So, so 47.32% on iOS 11, 46.01% on last year's iOS 10, and the rest are on other versions. 
So this is great. This is when people say, well, what's so great about Apple? Android's better. You can change the color of your calendar like you were talking about earlier. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. But you're also – there's it's a fragmented environment with multiple devices that have multiple capabilities on multiple fragmented operating systems. And the performance is just not going to be there. So if you love that, that's great. Good on you. Good on you. I'm not going to take away your device. You can use whatever you want. But when you start slamming Apple for things, remember that one huge advantage that they have is a consistent experience on multiple devices uh, with a unified operating system yeah. environment. So it's stable. It works. You know what you're going to get. And so, yeah, it's vanilla. It's vanilla ice cream. It's not chocolate ice cream with sprinkles. Yes. But you know what? You know what vanilla tastes like. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> and speaking of desserts, Android Oreo. So once I saw this article, I said, you know what? I'm very curious. Mm. So, Dave, I'm going to have you guess. Okay. Android Oreo, I believe it came out just before iOS 11. And um, the article was actually leading with the numbers for Nougat, which was last year's Android operating system. Mm-hmm. But... Oreo was released actually in August, so yeah, a couple weeks before iOS 11. Yeah. And what percentage of Android devices would you say, uh, we just heard Apple, 47% in less than a month, so in over a month, Android Oreo, what percentage of Android devices do you think are running Oreo? Well, the trick, this is a trick question because many of those Android devices are not capable of running Oreo. So you have to factor that in. Yes. Only the latest and greatest will even be capable of running it. Whereas iOS 11 goes several years back mm-hmm. in devices. So I'm going to go out with 12%. <laughs> 12%. I that would be a a number that some people would use. It was a little I I thought I was being a little generous. Yes. What if I told you it's on 0.2%? Oh, my word. My first number was going to be 8%. Yes. And I was going to be generous with 12. Wow. No idea. 0.2%. So just above your 12, Nougat last year's is now on 17.8% of devices. So it's taken an entire year to get 17% of those devices running a modern operating system. Yes. And with iOS 10 and 11, that accounts for 94% of all Apple devices in use. So that is 0.2%, but it really is. There's only uh, a couple phones or devices that will even (laughs) run Oreo. Um, I actually, a friend on Facebook was having some weird things with his Android phone, and it was at HTC, and he told me which model it was, and I looked it up, and... He was Android Auto, which is like Apple's CarPlay, where when you get in your car, it'll connect if you have a car that's capable, Mm -hmm. and it'll give you the display on your car display to be able to control your phone (laughs) for for music and navigation. For those of you with a car that has a display. Yes, yes. (laughs) Mine's got dials. (laughs) Mine's got levers. Mine's got reins that you hit the horses with to make them go. Yeah, I don't know how you feed the wood into the steam engine (laughs) when I am not riding in the car with you. So he was saying, well, I haven't updated my phone in the three years since I've got it. Yeah. So I don't know why anything would have changed because he was getting these notifications. And he was running 5.1 Lollipop. Okay. Which is three years ago. L-M-N-O. Yes, because they do the letters, uh, which actually he's on 5.1. So that's 21% of Android phones are running that one from three years ago. Um, And he's like, I've never updated my phone. I said, you need to update your phone because I tried to look up vulnerabilities for Android 5.1. And I found a couple. I was looking on my phone. I found a couple sites. And there was so much information that it was not digestible as wow. far as all the issues that it has that they have to push out updates for. But the problem is with these cheaper phones, they have no reason to push out updates. So he's got There's a completely no vulnerable, I yeah. hate that word, <laughs> phone 
And he hasn't updated it on purpose, which is, I don't know why you do that. I strongly encourage everybody, if there is a system update, you can wait a couple days, but always do the updates because most of the time they're all security patches. Mm-hmm. Um, and once the security information is out there, that if people don't know about it, they're going to try to leverage it for people who yeah. don't upgrade. So yeah, always update. But the sad thing is, is will his phone, what is the newest operating system it will support? I tried to look that up. It would not give me that information on the HTC website. One, because they have so many models, they probably can't keep track. So he would have to go in on his phone. So I'll have to ask him um, what is available. I would guess it's probably just six. Mm. uh, Because most Android phones, I think some of them you get the next version, if that. Uh, the next major version. Some of so, them you don't even get any updates ever. I'm confused a little bit. So is it N or 6 or 5 or L or what? Yes. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> so 5 was Lollipop. Mm-hmm. 6 was Marshmallow. What about A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K? No. How, where did it start? Oh, it started. Gingerbread was 2. Oh, it started it. Okay. And then four was ice cream sandwich, so apparently they didn't have a three. Oh, no H. And then four point one was jelly bean. Four point okay. four was Kit Kat. Five was Lolly. So they the version oh numbers gosh. are horrible. Oh no my wonder gosh. you don't update. You can't even figure out what you're supposed to update. Well, I like ice cream sandwiches better than the other one, so maybe I'm going to stick on that one. Yeah. So the majority of 32%, if you can call that majority, of Android devices are running Marshmallow. Which so is that was super released. old. Yeah. So that was that's, it's actually technically two years because Oreos this year, so nougat was a year ago. Marshmallow was two years ago. So here's the thing: these people who aren't updating their devices are people who should have iPhones, because it just kind of does it automatically. Yeah, it just does it. It tells you it's always up to date. So what what is it? I mean, we don't want to pontificate too much about this, but there's probably multiple factors. My guess is that a lot of those people don't want to spend the money on Apple stuff. They're like, it's too expensive. I don't want it. But I also don't want to be a hacker and update this stuff every 10 minutes and find out. Have to side load and boot load. And so I I think it is. Those people are stuck. Perceived cost. Because if you look at the holistic cost, there's a lot of things that make sense on spending more money over time. Uh, Not to mention, I've been meaning to write up and do comparisons, resale value. Because when you look at the price of a phone, yeah. Like, okay, it costs $1,000, but if you can sell it in a year for $800, right. and if you spend $300 a phone that's completely worthless in a year, I know. The, it's <laughs> cheaper because everybody just looks at that initial price tag, which is yes. so ignorant. I mean, it's like... But here's the thing. Someone out there has $300 for the Samsung phone right now. Yes. They don't have $1,000 to spend to get $800 back next year. For the total cost of two hundred dollars out of their pocket, because they don't just don't have the money in the bank to do that. So they just have to spend three hundred dollars every, every year. year. Yeah. So the poor get poorer, which we are the most nonpartisan tech podcast on the internet. So thank um, you for reminding us. Feel what you may. So, well, anyways, yeah, we, Android. It's it's just yeah. there is more there there are more <laughs> people on Android. Gingerbread, Android version 2.33 gingerbread, then on Oreo. There's 0.6% on gingerbread, which is years and years ago. Here's here's one other point, though. A lot of those people don't upgrade their phones every year, nor do I. You generally do. If it still works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And well, it is broke. There's a problem with an Android phone because it's not getting security updates. So technically, but the security is broken. But that's not the consumers. They they buy this device from a manufacturer with an operating system that should be secure. I mean, they sold yep. them a working phone, and then the manufacturers just abandoned them. Yep. They abandoned the platform. And so that's what people need to wise up about. If you're going to go Android, you either need to get something like Samsung or LG or HTC or something from Google 
and a flagship device that you know is going to be supported for years to come. Not some cheapy Verizon gave it to me for free because guess what? Next year that thing's going to be garbage. Yeah. It's not going to be supported. I think that they – I'm trying to remember. They have a like a pledge, a Google security pledge that <laughs> phones can commit to providing security updates mm-hmm. or manufacturers for their phones for so long. And I think it's like, hey – we're going to be the top of the game. We're going to guarantee 18 months of updates for your phone. Uh, So if you do replace every two years, but it's like, that's still short of two years. Yeah. Well, I, I think this answers one of the questions of why is Google getting into the phone manufacturing market, even though their phones are super expensive. I mean, they're as much as iPhones. Yeah. I think it is because they are tired of this fragmentation. They're setting a standard when they continually update and support their devices and people start seeing, oh, well, the Google Pixel 1 from three years ago is still supported with the latest operating system. Maybe the next one I'm going to buy is going to be a Google product. Yeah. Yeah. Other manufacturers are going to step in line really quick. And it's it's really the carriers, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah it's so multi-tier with Android. But do you think that uh, Google will be able to work with carriers and say, look – we're going to be responsible for sending out updates for all these phones. You, the carriers are no longer the bottleneck. We're just going to do it. I don't think they can. I don't Apple think that's the way. It. Well, yeah, because Apple did that from the beginning. And the carriers, the reason why they like to sell Google phones is because they get to jam their bloatware in there. Well, and their applications and their Verizon this and Verizon that. But the day of bloatware is going to be behind us hopefully soon. I, I yeah I don't I don't know if they're avail are able to do that. Uh, so the Pixel two, let's see, I'm gonna, let's see what. And I'm sorry if we're boring you guys, but we are very heavy Apple all the time. So now it's important to talk about Android, yeah. I guess. So, uh, just trying to take a look and see where which carriers the new Pixel phones are available on, and of course this article is <laughs> oh. The Pixel 2 series will get Android R. So Google is giving the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL three years of guaranteed software updates. Which, which is better than most. I think that is probably the number one in for Android devices. So obviously they're trying to keep up with Apple. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, that's um, good to hear. Carriers. Here we go. Looking at this article, what carriers will it be available from in the U.S.? Verizon. So <laughs> that's it. It is exclusively from Verizon, along with the Google Store and Project Fi, which is Google's weird cell service. T Mobile isn't selling the Pixel 2 directly, but it's offering a pretty sweet deal if you decide to buy the phone unlocked and activated on the network. So the only carrier you can buy the Pixel 2 from is Verizon. Wow. So that locks you in because Verizon's the most expensive carrier mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S. And I think there's a couple other countries where it's available. So, um, yeah, and that's the kind of stuff you have to look at, too, because if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to wait for the Pixel 2 and you're on AT&T, well, uh, you don't have a phone that you can use. So. Well, as my grandpappy used to say, that's a tough road to hoe. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so let's move on. Um, well, kind of move on. <laughs> There was another statistic that came out this week saying that 64% of Americans own an Apple product. Wow. Um, that's That's quite pretty a lot. crazy. Uh, and that would include, you know, an old iPod in a drawer yeah. or Todd's two iPod shuffles. Yeah. Or, he makes up um, six. Well, and me in my, in my uh, office, I've got like yeah. 12% of that 64%. Yes. Um, and it says the average American household reports owning 2.6 Apple products. Up by a full Apple product from the 2012 survey. Survey. So in five years, it's gone from 1.6 up to 2.6, which is pretty crazy wow. to think. Sixty. You wouldn't think that 64% uh, really goes to show you how successful Apple has been um, with and their a, devices. And I'm just going to go out and say a bunch of those I know are iPads. I yeah. see people all over the the place I was going to say all over the world, <laughs> all yeah. over the world. All well, this the, is just a U.S. study, so you could all say of the all Pacific over the Northwest, all of the Portland <laughs> South suburbs, and they either use iPhones or a variation of an Android phone, but all of them have iPads. 
Most yeah. people don't have Kindles or Samsung Galaxy Tab 7s or whatever. There, I mean, there are some. They're the occasional. Like for kids, they're kind of popular. The Fire tablets are okay. Yeah. But whether they're okay or not, people have iPads. And maybe it's just the people I run into. But yeah. no matter what phone they use, they're using an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't just I, – I like this study, uh, the articles from CNBC, because it's not just – the stock market sales numbers that we're always mm-hmm. hearing so much about. This is actual in-home what people have. So like iPads is a perfect example. There's a lot of people using old iPads, yep. but they still use them every it's day to sit on down. the couch and watch Facebook and do that yep. stuff. Yep. Um, and so that is some good – the article, I will quote the article, permeation. Good permeation. Yes. Um, That's much easier to say than vulnerability. Vulnerability. <laughs> Yes. Um, so my iPhone 8 Plus, another piece of follow-up. Yeah. Uh, There's only two left, people, so hang yes. in there. Yeah, we'll get through follow-up in the first hour here. Um, first of all, I have to say this article is written horribly. Mm-hmm. It has incorrect information. Wait, but- I, that's is that the one I wrote? No, 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 okay. no. Okay. This is from BGR, which is the Boy Genius Report. Oh, that's not me. I'm an adult. So Boy Genius Report, which typical with news websites, it was yeah. one guy and he was very good, did great reviews, had great scoops on stuff, and now it's become kind of a bloatware site. Yeah, they he sold it to somebody and now yeah. it's some agency. Part of some network along with the Variety, Deadline, Hollywood Life. Yes, so I don't know. And it is on WordPress. It does say that. But anyways, back mm-hmm. to the article. The part I do like, new test finds iPhone 8 Plus has the longest lasting battery of any flagship phone. Wow. Which I have noticed. Usually because I'm watching video podcasts, listening to podcasts, playing games. I'm a heavy user of my phone. It's always working. I'm always having to recharge it, even on a brand new phone. Well, with the 8 Plus, I have really noticed that I can make it a lot further in the day Wow! Um, with before I have to charge. It has been impressive. So this study backs that up, and the article starts off, Apple's iPhone 8 Plus might be boring, but it's still the best smartphone. It's not boring. I don't know what's boring about it. It's boring because it's the same as last year's. Yeah, except for it's not. But anyways, so they have this battery test that was done, um, Phone Arena. They did all the flagship phones, and they compared their extensive battery life test. Hmm. And the text and the chart don't match up, so I'm not sure, because <laughs> the text says the number two phone is the HTC U11, which lasted for nine hours and 14 minutes. If you look at the chart, um, nine hour 14 minutes was the Xiaomi Mi 6, and the HTC U11 was nine hours and three minutes. But uh, the Samsung Galaxy S8 was 8 hours, 22 minutes, uh, which they rate excellent. iPhone 6S, 8 hours, 15 minutes. iPhone 7, 7 hours, 46. iPhone 8, 8 hours and 37. And the 8 Plus, 10 hours and 35 minutes. I will say, though, this is highly dependent upon usage and age yes. of these batteries because I have a 6S Plus right now, and I get nowhere near these 8-hour, 15-minute things. Um, I was heavy using it one morning last week, and probably hour three or four, it was needing – it was getting critically low. Yes. So it's gone down probably by half of what it typically would be. Which they say two years – I don't know if it's half, but yeah. you're going to see some battery degradation. So the, with this test, they try to be as identical on the different devices, probably play a video, just consistent, mm-hmm. similar use uh, so they can get an equal test. So, yes, it, I'm not going to – I do not get 10 hours and 35 minutes. No. But if you're playing games, that – all bets are off. Games yes. take up so much battery because the processors are just cranked up the whole time. But surfing the web doesn't take very much unless your radios are trying to connect to towers or whatever. So if you're sitting at home on Wi-Fi, it's going to be less. Yeah. 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 So it's more the comparison than the specific time. If you bet on 10 hours and 35 minutes. The other thing is I'm kind of confused because they, the headline of the article or not the headline, but one of the things is that it's way ahead of the seven plus 
Well, in the chart, and I'm looking on the source article from Phone Arena, it doesn't have the 7 Plus on it either. it's not listed. Um, So I'm going to see if I can add it. There it is. It's just they have an interactive chart once you get to the go past the Acers and the Alcatel phones. I thought this was just flagship phones because this is a ridiculously long list of Apple iPhone 7 Plus. Okay, so that was at 9 hours, 5 minutes. And again, Which 8 is pretty Plus good. is 10 hours, 35 minutes. And the second best on this one that I'm – way I have it set up now is the LG V30 – which is a brand new, expensive, high-end phone mm-hmm. that's nine hours, 34 minutes. So you Get what you pay for. Now, keep in mind, people, that these are supercomputers in your pocket. Yeah. And if you want a fast-performing supercomputer with a nice screen and fast processors and long battery life, it's going to cost you almost as much as a laptop computer is going to cost. I mean, it it's a laptop computer. It's a pocket yeah. computer. And I think people forget that sometime. Why yeah. do I pay so much for a phone? And that's why people aren't upgrading them because they're just using them as a phone. Yeah. You and I don't use them as phones. No. We use them as internet communications devices. Yes, we do. Um, but yes, all that to be said that 8 Plus is in this battery, specific battery test was an hour ahead of any of the other phones well, that's cool. out there. So that's um, very good. It's and is actually it the- three hours ahead of the original Google Pixels test. Wow. And um, will the iPhone 10 share similar battery life to the Plus or just the regular 8? I think they said two hours more than the 7 in the keynote. Mm. Um, so, so that would be, according hour. to this chart, that would be 9 46. Oh, so. Uh, so it would be the second highest in this chart um, because it's smaller device, so it'll have less battery, but it's got the OLED screen, which uses less power. Yeah. Um, but they were saying with the new Apple's new A11 chips that that is really the power efficiencies because the actual physical size of the battery, capacity of the battery in the 8 Plus is mm-hmm. smaller than the 7 Plus. So even ah. though there's less battery in there, they've optimized it so you get more battery life, which that's a, a that's very cool, cool thing that, that once cool. again, I uh, hate to beat a broken drum. <laughs> but, I don't know that that's right. But, but Apple controls the whole stack. They control everything that goes into it so they can really optimize things and have uh, their great processors. They control the horizontal and the vertical, as yes. they say. Uh, last piece of follow-up. There's a little saying that I like to say. I have it tattooed on my lower back oh, that yes. says, one backup is none backup. Mm-hmm. And a crucial part hey, I saw in article. You don't have to show me every time. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, I'm proud. My shirt doesn't cover it anyways. When I'm wearing my half shirt, everybody gets to see it all the time. Um, oh boy. But anyways, this there's one part of this that I don't know if we've ever talked about on the podcast. And there's a site called Tidbits, and they're a super old school Mac site. The website looks like it was. If you're into retro gaming, (laughs) this website's right out of 1992. Yes, it is. It makes Craigslist look modern, but they are proposing. I want to see at the bottom of their screen quotes by people, and it's <laughs> Nate Heath of the Not Nerd Podcast. We make Craigslist look modern. <laughs> yes. Ringing endorsement. They have proposed International Verify Your Backups Day, and what they're saying is that you would do it every time there's a Friday the 13th. So it's not only backup, it's verify your backup. People don't even backup. Yes. How are we going to get him to do one step further? Well, this is true. But on Friday the 13th, whenever that comes up, this is more especially for like a server backup or something mm. where it's a mission critical. No, I can see that happen. Yeah. I need but, to talk to you about that too, by the way. <laughs> I'll start the timer after the podcast. Yeah. You have to verify your backups to make sure if you're just sending it off somewhere and you've never checked to make sure that it's actually working and mm-hmm. sending somewhere. Yeah. Um, then, when it comes time to restore, you're like, oh, this is all corrupted. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. So you're not any better off if you're doing multiple backups if none of them are working. So making sure, just test a backup, download a file if it's you know just kind of a consumer crash plan or backblaze that you're using. Uh, make sure that it looks like all your files there, that the settings are correct. Uh, maybe that's even just part of it too, is just 
just make sure that your backups are working because I strongly advocate the set it and forget it type of backups where mm-hmm. you're not having to think about it. Yeah. Um, but if you're not making sure every once in a while that it's working, a lot of them like crash plan, I get a weekly report or it'll give me alert if it com- one of my computers hasn't backed up in a certain amount of days. So a lot of them have stuff built into it. But if you have some mission critical stuff, just verify your backup. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll do it. Yes. That brings us to Dave's pro tip of the week. You guys are in for a treat. Well, as always, all of you who are in the 47% who have upgraded to iOS 11, that is, Mm. I've got a couple of keyboard tips for you. Now, you may be using an iPhone 6 or an 8 Plus or anything in between, iPhone 5S maybe. Well, there are some tricks, and I think this only works on a Plus model, Mm. but have you ever tried to like text your friend with one hand and you're like reaching really far and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a petite young woman and I cannot reach the far left corner. You think that all the time. Yes. Well, I've got, I've got some good news for you. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to create a new, uh, no, I'm not going to create a new message. I'm going to go into a text message with you. Mm. Click into the message window and your keyboard will pop up. Well, if you hold down, on the uh, smiley face, and this is if you have more than one keyboard enabled, and most of us have the emoji keyboard enabled, yes. which counts as a second keyboard. So almost everyone, you press on that, and then this weird keyboard icon will appear on the screen. And that's for a left-sided keyboard, a centered keyboard, or a right-sided keyboard. So I'm going to choose the right-sided one since I'm using my right hand at the moment. Now look, my keyboard, all the letters are squished over to the right-hand side of the screen. That is awesome. I had heard about this, and I kept forgetting to try it out. That is impressive because it definitely does give you just the right (laughs) amount of squish on your keyboard. Yeah. Now here's the problem. Now it's in my left hand, and I'm like, uh, how do I – well, I can always change it. But don't try to do – don't try to – don't try – to use the keyboard with the opposite hand because you're just going to get a cramp. Yeah. Don't try yeah, it. That, that's hurting my hand already. Yeah, to try to do it. Anyway, that it, it's kind of nice. You've got the larger phone. It slides it from, from left to right. Uh, try it if you have a larger device. I, I think it works on smaller devices as well. But I cannot verify that at the moment, and I apologize. I hate podcasts where they talk about stuff and don't verify it. I, but I don't want to take the time. Try it out. You guys just open up your iPhones, yeah. click on the little smiley face, Choose the left. Hold or, on the smiley oh, yeah, face. Yes, hold and do that. So that was part one of my tip. Wow. Now it's time for part two of my tip. Part two, folks. Come on. Now this as is a free podcast. I know. As we and I could save this for a whole nother podcast, but I'm giving it to you today. Wow. Have you ever wanted to type words maybe <laughs> in another language? I, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally. Like an accent character or something like that. Yeah. Right. And we, as we become more and more well-known, more people across the world are listening to the Not Nerd Podcast. True. You may be thinking, well, how do I get the little accent above the R or the E or do all this stuff? Maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but I think a lot of people just kind of fake it. They're just like, eh, cafe without the little thing over the E. Well, what you do, very similar into pressing and holding down the smiley face, on any letter on the keyboard that supports accents above the characters, you hold it down. Take an I, for example. That's not a good example. Take an E for – what is going on? Oh, there's a bunch for I. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Yeah, I, for example. There's the I with the – left-handed accent with the question mark at the bottom with the dash over the top. I mean, there's a myriad of options. Oh, how many of these? Now, keep in mind, if you're running an iPhone 6S or newer, you don't press into the screen with 3D touch. You just rest your finger on the character and the menu will appear. E has got a bunch. Yeah. I mean, E is... The vowels. Yeah. So that's that's a little tip. When in doubt, and if you want to explore, just rest your finger on the keyboard and wonders will appear for you. Wow. That's my tip of the week. I like it. The double duty. 
Um, well, I'm going to give us a little not ad of the week. Oh, yeah? We are Amazon affiliates, so that is one way that you can support our podcast is by using the link amazon.notnerd.com is one way. If you type that into your address bar and then it'll be there the next time you try to go, it redirects you. Or if you use any of the Amazon links on our website, mm-hmm. it gives us a little kickback when you shop normally. So we've got a couple Amazon stories. We usually do. They've been making lots of news lately. Uh, the first one, I think I was actually, I don't know if I complained it about on the podcast or if I just went on a Twitter rampage about <laughs> um I know I did at one point when we were talking about smart home stuff. I want a video doorbell that works with my door lock. Right, right. So if the UPS guy's at my door and I say, oh, yeah, just drop it inside, I can press a button within that app and it will open my door. And then he can set it inside and then close the door behind him, hopefully. Here's the problem. What if he leaves it half open? It would probably alert me if I have a smart door lock. Yeah, but how do you get the guy to come back? Anyway. Anyways. First world problems. <laughs> yeah, so Amazon's actually working on this. Um, they're working to create two different options. One would be there's a company, Frame, with a PH. Oh, man. I thought it was Farm. <laughs> from whatever you want it to be, P-H-R-A-M-E. And they make... Uh, smart license plate frames, like with cameras in them or a lockbox, uh, um, so that you could have a car key, kind of like your hide a key, only it's a smart lockbox in your license plate frame, so it's secure. I want a smart license plate that changes my number if uh-huh. I can speed or yes. know, avoid a James ticket. James Bond action. Yeah. Amazon has two ideas in mind. One mm. would be that they could deliver packages to the trunk of your car. <laughs> so if you had this smart key, then they could just push the body aside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't mind the stench. Yes, uh, just strap it on top. They could use this frame, uh, frame, <laughs> get the key, unlock the trunk, put the package in, close it. Then your package is secure because one of the big problems is these package thieves that walk around neighborhoods taking yeah. the packages. I don't know if I like this because then the guy drives away and then somebody crowbars my trunk and steals my package. Well, I th- I think the idea is that if it's sitting on your porch, it's a little more accessible than those neighborhood kids come by and use with it their as a, a pinata and take my boxes off my yes. porch. And so the other option would be a smart uh, doorbell door lock where they could come. The delivery guy comes. He has a special you know code or his phone triggers the door so he can put it inside and close the door. Um, These are all good ideas. I have a better idea. It used to be back in the day. There's like no standard for a mailbox or anything like that. If this is, you know, some the delivery guy would stick mail through your door slot yeah. and all this stuff. And it's like, and they're like, come on, people, mailboxes, let's make these things. And so there was a standard that's grown. I think with the advent of package delivery, we're going to see in the future new homes that are built with package delivery slots. Mm. You open the door. The package goes in there and it closes and it kind of dumps it on your floor. Yeah. It's like a, the book return so people can't gotcha. like crawl through there. It's like this U-shaped thing. Why not have those installed on the side of your house? Yeah, the problem is when we get our 70-pound box of dog food. But it's only it's going to work for most, most boxes. Yeah. For the very big ones, go pick it up at a UPS center or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's my prediction. Yeah. So this is – I used to – have an article I wrote in our school newspaper called Discovering with Dave, mm. and we would talk about technology. And oh, maybe talk we need about to find those. <laughs> oh, I got them in? somewhere. Oh, we need that's a new segment, <laughs> Dis- if not a new podcast, Discovery with Dave. Yeah, well, anyway, oh, that would be priceless. So, I think about these things, yeah, I think about the future. So, anyway, I, I not to belittle the article, yeah. but all this technology and all this weird stuff, I'm a technophile and I find this weird. I don't want some. UPS person coming up, getting a key off of my license plate, opening my trunk, putting, there's too many things that can go wrong. He locked my key, the key in the trunk and forgot to put the package there. And now my license plate's hanging open because it can't lock the key. Yeah. There's a very little faith in man, humanity. <laughs> I, I just think people are stupid most yeah. of the time. Am I wrong? Yeah. I don't well, think so. I'm sure if anybody can figure it out, it's Amazon. I do have a little beef with Amazon as mm. much as we love them. What'd they do? I was 
I just wanted to try out. They have the Amazon Locker service. Mm-hmm. So this is another great solution. Locker. Hold on. Locker? I'm barely, <laughs> barely newer. newer. <laughs> oh. Beat you to it, Todd. Yeah. Mark and Todd cast. I love it. They have these Amazon lockers that are supposed to be everywhere where you can have a package delivered there. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you pick it up Yep, with your code. And I'm like, I'm going to try this out. I use Amazon all the time. It would be nice so it's not sitting on my front porch. Yep. Or like I was thinking, well, my wife's birthday or Christmas presents, mm. then it's not just coming to the house and she's snooping around in it and all that stuff. So I tried to order something. I had to order a, a thumb drive for somebody. Okay. And so I went and I was like, okay, there's one not too far from my house, about two miles away at a plaid pantry. It seems like in Portland. Oh, I know the one. A lot of them are at plaid pantries. Mm-hmm. So I tried it. It says, this location is full. Please choose another. I went through five locations, and they were all said that they were full. Why aren't people picking their crap up? I don't under. I don't know. I don't know if it was because of the delivery window. They know other stuffs hmm. come there. I didn't know that many people were using them. Maybe they yeah. at a plaid pantry. Maybe they only have two lockers. That's probably the case. Is is supply and demand are out of equilibrium? Yeah. But think of also for people who live in apartments and stuff like that. They're probably using the heck out of these oh, things. Oh yeah. You know they yeah. don't want stuff being left by their door. But I was disappointed in the fact there is, I think, the one in downtown Portland, uh, with like the main Amazon, whatever they have down there. I think that one was available, but all the lockers, the five closest lockers I tried were unavailable. Hmm. And the way they have their order, you have to like go back out of your order, find another one, try that one, go through three steps, Blech. re-add it to your cart. So shame on you, Amazon, for that. But not shame on you, Amazon, for your new Kindle Oasis. Dave, as our resident Kindle expert, tell us your thoughts on the new Kindle Oasis. Well, how many of you have been really sad that you cannot take a bath with your (laughs) e-book? I think everybody just does that. I don't think anybody said that they can't. Yeah, well, if you drop it in the water, it's not going to work anymore, and you've got a nice paperweight or you know something paper white ah, or something for my collection on my my yes, old tech something wall something to mail to Dave yeah. and make him real I, happy I broke this Kindle you want it probably the answer is probably yes. uh, put it in some rice first and see if it works to dry it out anyway the Kindle Oasis they're billing this as our first waterproof Kindle so the Oasis is a model that came out earlier this year it's kind of a non synchronous design thing where oh yeah the kind of weighted on the one yeah one side is bigger than the other side so that you can have good grip ability in either your left or right hand thank you for thinking of us south paws yes um and then the other part of the the device is much thinner to leverage uh cutting in weight and size and then this will couple with a special case that is the inverted shape and that case has a battery in it, which will charge your Oasis while it's in this case. So it's it's like a party in the front and or party in the back. And what is it? Business in the front. Business party in, the, in the front. Yeah, you would know. Yes. Uh, business in the front, party in the back. This guy's got like uh, charging in the case and lightweight in the not case. So I, I'm not real good at coming up with company slogans, as you've heard yes. over the past few podcasts. But this guy, they've redone it. They've re-engineered it. It's the same Oasis from before, but it's waterproof. So you can take it to the beach without fear of getting any type of water damage. If it's raining, you live in Portland like us. It rains all the darn time. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Or if you're – imagine this. You're in a tub. You've got flower petals all around the tub with some type of scented candle going and when and some bubbles that are effervescing some scents and you just and candles that are just glowing that the overhead lights not on and you're sitting there with your glass of wine and your Kindle Oasis and you're just in heaven and then of course the the kid yells I got I peed my pants and then the dog barks and then someone knocks on the door and it's it's ruined I tell you so the Kindle Oasis, there's not much to say. It's, it's like two hundred and fifty bucks. Two hundred and fifty bucks, man. This thing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's waterproof though. <laughs> yeah. I no. I was thinking about this when I was looking over this article. My the new iPhone the eight plus screen. Yeah. 
I can fully read it outside now. There is no reason. It is completely, not that I no. read a lot anyways, but it's completely eliminated the need for a Kindle. No. I just, it, that's not it. It's not for reading in full sunlight. It's for reflective screen versus direct light screen. So the way a, a typical LCD monitor works, there's an LCD panel in the back or fluorescent tube, sorry, that shines bright white light through an LCD panel right into your eyeballs. And the little LCD membrane changes the color, right, of the pixels. Yeah. The way this works is light comes from the sun or a lamp, strikes the white surface of the Kindle paper white or whatever, an e-reader device, and then it reflects back in your eye, much like printed paper. And so it's a completely different type of display. It's much easier on your eyes. It looks more like a real book. And the advantages are the battery life for these things. You can keep books on these devices and the batteries will last weeks, if not months. So much different. It's a different experience. It's a different display. A lot of people like this experience. Some people are more utilitarian and say, I just want to read the text. I don't care about the experience. Other people are like, you know what? I like eBooks, but I want it to be like I'm reading a real book. So that's, it's a compromise. Yeah. And it's 250 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's kind of expensive. They have much cheaper alternatives. Yes. For 120 you can buy the Paperwhite, which is a great machine that does have a backlight that you can turn on at night. Yeah. I, yeah. A 300 PPI display. Why if, would why would you not want that? Because I have my iPhone. But yes, if you are a Kindle lover, a Kindle, Kindle aficionado. And if your husband happens to be named Kindle, you might be a Kindle lover. Yes, this is true. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, well, it is time to dive into our takes. We're going to move through these quickly because oh we have been going on and on. We have been. First story this week. It was announced that AIM, the AIM chat, AOL Instant Messenger, is being retired. Bye-bye, uh, AIM. I don't think anybody was still using it, or else they probably wouldn't retire it. They would try to monetize it and make some more money. But one of the things is AOL has been passed through many different companies. I mean, there's all these yeah. acquisitions and stuff. And who, I, just, I don't even know who owns them now. Facebook, probably. I think it was the... Oath, the Yahoo spinoff that it's crazy. But anyways, Who knows? some great memories of chatting with people on AOL Instant Messenger. Well, I remember at work when uh, Apple iChat started using the AIM yeah, protocol. Yeah. And I always hated it. I'm like, oh, iChat, not AIM. But it's like pretty soon you just like give everybody your AIM thing because that's what everyone yeah. who was non-Apple was using. So you could communicate with the rest of the world. Yes. Um, I did not look at this one, but you found this one. Dubai police officers have Star Wars-style hover bikes? I found this today, and I was astounded. So, you know, a quadcopter, yes. these little machines that have four or more propellers that fly around. I've seen some concepts of, like, vehicles that people can ride in on a giant quadcopter. Yeah. Well, in Dubai, they've got these Russian-built devices, which look like, like a ninja motorcycle but instead of two wheels, they have four, like in an X pattern, four propellers on the front left, right, and the back left, right of the rider. Wow. And I'm thinking, man, you're going to die riding on this thing. But they showed some video of it, and he's cruising along. Yeah. It can go up to, uh, let's see, I think 70 yeah. kilometers per hour. It lasts for about 25 minutes. And you can do about 300 – all this is in, in non-U.S. standard uh, terms. So 300 kilograms, which is a lot. And the height is what got me. Let's see. How high does it go? And I was thinking, well, does this just fly above the ground like five or six feet? Well, yeah, it can, but it can also go – well, anyway, I can't see in this article where it talks about the height, but they're showing on the video the guy's up about, I don't know, 50 feet in the air, yeah. 50 or 60 feet in the air. Which is scary. Yeah. <laughs> but you can go, it'll go also without a passenger. It can be remote controlled. Let's say, you know, someone's in the wilderness and needs a pickup. You can send this thing. It'll go six kilometers, pick the guy, pick the person up, come back. I, supp I suppose you'd want to go three and three back no, versus, yeah. hey, here's your thing. And now it doesn't work anymore. But it'll go up to six kilometers total. 
uh, without a passenger. I think this is great. I think this is the future. Now, some of the commenters in this article were saying, yeah, this this is just Dubai showing off. This is like, hey, look at us. Because you can't really patrol with something that lasts 25 minutes. No. It's not well, like in Dubai gonna... you could because you could have a dozen of them for every officer. Yeah. I guess you, you... Their tax base is a little higher over there. You have to have one of these stations every 30 feet so that you can, you know – take off or else you're going to you're going to go three blocks and be like well time to turn around and go back and get a recharge so they're going to have to have these things every few blocks but it's kind of cool and i think this is going to be one of the future travel things you know back in the day they were like oh flying cars and all these things it's technically possible but those never came to fruition just because of you know costs and safety and and technology just wasn't there well here it is technology is here there's a man on this thing flying around it exists. So crazy. I would only expect these things to get better and I want yeah. one. Yeah. I need it. Need it. You can go to Dubai and become a <laughs> police officer. Uh, Maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah. Don't tempt do me, it. Nate. Um, next story. We talked uh, last week, just last week about Google's big announcement, all the products that they came out with. And one of the devices was uh, their home mini, which is competitor to the Amazon Dot, $50 yeah. little voice-activated device with Google Assistant on it. Well, some reporter that got one for free, they gave one to everybody at the event, yeah. took it home, and he started thinking, I think he noticed that the light was, he wasn't talking, and the light, like the active light was on yeah. the device. because there's a little indicator that it's listening. And then he... With Google and with Amazon, you can go on and look at all the things that you've searched for or called it out. And you mm-hmm. usually have to say, hey, Google, I believe. Okay, Google. Okay, Google, which will activate the device. And then you say something just like you would say, hey, Siri or hey, Alexa. And <laughs> oh, my iPad worked. Yay, yeah. hey, Siri. Um, <laughs> You'll get there, little girl. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. I think your watch went off too. Yeah. So he looked at the thing. And there was just everything was being recorded. Just everything. And I think he was in Oakland, so Google is not – their headquarters were not that far away. So he contacted them and said, uh, this thing's recording everything that – every noise that's being made in my house. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm a reporter. Yes. And, yeah. And so they sent up like a couple of engineers and kind of looked at it and took it back. Well – this week they disable. It was something to do with so there's a button on it that you can press to activate it, right? And something faulty with that button. They say there was uh, a few examples of an issue that was occurring. Mm. Was their official statement? How long have we been making buttons? They a disabled the button on all devices because it was just recording everything. Yeah, which is not. That is the biggest fear mm-hmm. of all these devices is that it's listening to and record, and now it's secure in Google servers, supposedly. Yeah. But the fact that every single thing you say... But the government can subpoena that information from yes. Google and so get it. So all the information's there. Yeah. Yeah, Google, uh, I hope they on, can... They set, they set this voice-activated technology back a few years with this little yeah. boo-boo because people aren't going to trust it now. And That's again, true. like I was saying, how long have we been making buttons? Good buttons. Good buttons. It's not hard to make a no. button. Come on. No. Um, one of the things I want to tease out for next week, because I want to get into a deeper discussion of it, is the whole... Uh, it's been the Russia changed the election with Facebook ads has been the main headline, but mm-hmm. we're getting more and more information and more coverage on this. So I want to dig into that and some of kind of the different aspects of it next week. So tune okay. in for that on yeah. episode 98, because it is time for our picks of the week. You won't believe what I do with my phone most of the time. <laughs> you don't want to believe. <laughs> I, I fancy myself to be a singer and a, and a uh, songwriter. Is there a difference between a singer and a person who sings? Uh, We're looking at semantics here. And a songwriter and someone who writes songs, maybe. (laughs) Or someone who puts words (laughs) together uh, in a somewhat melodic fashion. Well. You are a very talented musician, I am hearing the snark. giving you a hard time. In your voice, and I'm starting to put up the hand right now. 
Yes, go ahead with your pick of the week because well, I I hope you're still working on your song, the lyrics version of the Not Nerd theme song yes. for our hundredth episode. I, I am. Oh boy! That. Wow, that's a challenge. So I have multiple, uh, as my friend Elliot says, joke songs or funny songs or joke music. That's what I think that's the term he uses. Joke music, and I I love these things. I have enough songs for like an album, yeah. but how do I make these things right? You have a fit of inspiration. How do you record this? I, if I have a piece of paper, I can write down lyrics with a pencil, which, you know, I'm a caveman if I do that. Well, Apple has included, and you can get apps for other devices too, yeah. but Apple has built into your iPhone experience music memos. What? And I have it on good authority that Taylor Swift uses this because oh, she yes. talked about it when it first came out. I just love, there's a commercial or something. I just love firing up my phone and doing a, a voice memo. And you sound just like Taylor Swift. I do. And when I sing, I sound just like her too. So what it is, is this application. You you start it up and uh, it's, oh, it's called music memos. I keep saying voice memos. It's music yes. memos. You also have voice memos on your phone, but music memos. A great interface. You open it up, there's a, a big pulsating blue dot. When you tap that, it starts to record you and the screen turns red and you can see the little waveform monitor at the bottom that it's recording you. And then you can hit stop. I'm doing that. Now it's broken apart everything that I just said, and it's trying to find which key it's in. And you can add a drum uh, kit to this. You can add a bass guitar. Let's, Let's hear what it says to our speech. Starts to record you, and the screen turns. Red. Now I'm going to turn on the dr- uh, the drums. Monitor at the bottom that it's recording you, and then you can hit stop. Starts to record you, and the screen. And now I'm going to add the bass. And you can see the little waveform monitor at the bottom that it's recording you, and then you can hit stop. Start. Man, that was a pretty good song, actually. Wow. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, I have never gotten the chords to be proper with the bass line oh. and the drums, mm. even on like songs that I'm like snapping my thing to. It doesn't really work that well, but that's not why you want to use this. You want to use it when you have a fit of inspiration and you just have to record that lyric about raccoons in the wilderness or the lady that you're thinking of because the airbag light came on. I mean, I played Nate clips from many of my songs. I was near tears Yeah, for many reasons. And I've been working on for years a song about Thanksgiving called Turkey Time. And so I have all these songs I need to finish, but Music Memos has helped me get closer to that goal. So Music Memos. Like it. Well, mine is kind of a different pick. Technically, I'm recommending a podcast, Mm. um, which some people might say, you're a podcast. Why would you recommend another one? Because I see immense value in this podcast. Mm, Okay. So most people, well, if you listen to AM radio, you're probably familiar with Clark Howard. Oh, I listen to the Clark Howard podcast. Yeah. So the Clark Howard show, he's been doing a radio show forever and he is, he's similar to Dave Ramsey. You might know him as well, but Clark Howard just gives advice, financial advice and everything. And my parents listen to him on the radio Mm -hmm. and every once in a while my mom would be like well clark howard says the new iphone this or something and i'm like yeah i'm gonna check this guy out because you know i need more podcasts to listen to so the great thing this is the best thing about podcasts is he does a two-hour radio show every day yeah which in portland i looked it up i think it's playing from 12 from noon to two every day so but if you're not in your car or near a radio, like if you actually have to work, yeah, you can't listen to it. Or you're talking to someone, or you know, yeah, in you a get meeting. interrupted, or you get so you are driving, and then you get somewhere. That's what frustrates me about radio. That's why I do not listen to the radio anymore. But they do every day, like a half an hour uh, clip or into a podcast of different clips of the show. And he kind of does an introduction saying, hey, here's what we're going to talk about today. So they kind of take the three biggest topics from his radio show, put it into a podcast, and then it downloads overnight on my phone and it's ready for me the next day. Um, But he has some really good resources on the – the Equifax, you know, oh, the credit okay. card stuff, credit yeah. card security. He also has... Should you freeze your credit? Should you not freeze your credit? How do you do it? Does it yes. cost money? All those things. Yeah. So he has where you need to go. His website, he's got pretty cool, clark.com. 
Wow. Yeah. That cost a pretty penny, and he's known for being a cheapskate. Yes. So, so Clark.com, and I, I tend to think now that I've been listening to him for a few weeks that he, I need to get him my holistic cost theory because I think he'd be a big fan of that. But he'll talk about all kinds of different stuff, a really great resource, and a great example of where podcasting just makes sense because you can get the best of Clark Howard in a half an hour snippet that you can listen to every day and you don't have to plan your day around your radio station to hear them. Um, and he's got a deal site on there where they have different daily deals, uh, just a ton of good resources on kind of all aspects of money, technology. So give it a listen. I think it comes out five days a week. Yeah. And I went to his podcast or his uh, website, Clark.com, and they have 10 amazingly cheap Halloween costume ideas. Very, yeah. very uh, timely since yes. Halloween's coming up. He, very practical is what I like yeah. about him. I don't know. I'm sure there's people that disagree with him. He actually does. I think it's every Friday. He does a segment. He has a Clark Stinks. Mm-hmm. And people write in and say, Clark, you talked about this, but you were completely wrong about you know what loan yeah. I sh- this person should get. And he'll answer a bunch of those. And, and sometimes he's wrong. He's yeah. like, you know what? I was wrong on that. Yeah. And I'm really sorry. Yeah, I didn't that. think about it from that way. Or he says, well, I'm glad that you think that, but here's the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a really good practical resource, both the website and his podcast and the radio show, if you sit at home between 12 and 2 in the Portland area. But yeah, Clark Howard, good guy, and uh, just help you make better tech decisions for one, but financial decisions, which allows you to buy more, better tech. So that's always a good thing too. Yeah, we like right. that. We're going to wrap up episode 97. 97 is pretty close to a hundred. Mm-hmm. So I want to remind everybody, please, now is the time we're going to do a couple different things for our hundredth episode, but I want your voicemails. Once again, oh, we did that on 50. We got to have them. So please call in 608-618-NERD. That is our not nerd phone line. So it's six zero eight six one eight nerd. And nerd. What, and what is the number for nerd? Six three seven three. So six zero eight six one eight six three seven three. You can call or you can text message that line. And that line number is at the top of our website. So if you just forget yep. that number, notnerd.com, go there. Please, somebody to go on to our And it's website. in our show notes yeah. as well. But we yeah. would love your questions, concerns, comments, answers, your pro tips. Mm-hmm. Call in with your pro tips. We will play them during the 100th episode for all of our listeners to hear. We'll answer. We'll yeah. rebuttal on them. And I want to hear some some of those that are like, oh, I remember back on episode two when you yes. guys talked Your favorite about- memories of the yeah, first 100 the episodes memories of the 100 oh i love it yeah so get creative or don't get creative but please call in we love that that was a lot of fun on episode uh, 50 if you have visited if you have not visited our website lately Mm -hmm. we are in the process of updating it it looks a lot different a big part of my job is creating websites for people so i figured that we should put some work into ours so Mm -hmm. it's um check it out call the phone number send us an email whatever for the 100th episode get those in quick with that, I'm representing episode 97. Thank you for listening. It's exciting to hear stories of people listening and more and more listeners all the time. Uh, so share it with a friend. Leave us a review on iTunes. And we will talk at you later. So I want to, I'm in your ear right now. <laughs> okay. How do podcasters not realize that they're going on the microphone? I was listening to Rob Robcast today. Rob Bell. He's yeah. like, <laughs> so so good, my friends. Yes, <laughs> raise the glass. We're in the back house today. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? Yeah, who would I be laughing at? Here it is, Harmony. I think of you when I'm driving in my car and my airbag light turns on. Send nudes.